What is up guys, it is Quinn here, and in this video, I'm gonna be talking about five big name fantasy football players who have drastically underperformed through four weeks. So I feel like if you know any of you guys have these players on your team, you probably think they've been, you know, quote unquote busts so far this season. You know, they have not lived up to their ADP. And so I'm just gonna be going through, you know, their first four weeks, maybe explaining why they've been struggling, and then just kind of giving an opinion on whether or not I think these struggles are gonna continue. Do I think they're gonna, you know, go back to the high price they were when you drafted them? Do I think you should hold on to them, trade them, hold them? So just kind of going through a breakdown of some of these, you know, big time fantasy football players and hopefully, you know, ease your guys' minds a little bit because I do think a lot of the players I'm talking about are guys that I'm gonna recommend keeping on my team, you know, and or going out and actually trying to trade for them, kind of buying low on these players. While you guys are watching, if you enjoy the content, please do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. And if you have any fantasy questions, just drop those down below. I'll get back to every single person. But we're gonna start it off at the running back position here, and it's gonna be Dalvin Cook. So through four weeks, Dalvin Cook is the running back 27 in points per game. He's averaging 11.4 PPR points per game, and we were drafting Cook as a mid-tier running back one. So getting you know high-end running back three production out of him so far, that's just not going to be living up to expectation. That is not going to cut it on your fantasy football rosters. Personally, I am not panicking here on Dalvin Cook. I'm still viewing him as a top 10 running back moving forward. When we look at his overall volume through three weeks, his rushing volume is still very, very strong despite being banged up. Early on in the season, Dalvin has dealt with an ankle problem. He's dealt with like that dislocated shoulder thing again. So he's kind of been through the ringer early on. He has still gone for 17 or more carries in three of the first four games. Also, when you're looking at his touchdown production, he's only scored one time in four weeks. Like when you're looking at this Vikings offense, I think most people would consider them a good unit. I think they're about middle of the pack in terms of points per game. So there's no reason why their workhorse running back should only have one touchdown. He's kind of just gotten unlucky in that area. It's not like we have Alexander Madison coming in and vulturing goal line carries. We did see Madison score on like a third and goal or a third and long, but you know, that's not like a goal line opportunity. That's just like a totally different kind of situation there. So like I said, I'm not panicking here on Delvin Cook. And I actually think this is a strong opportunity to go out and try to buy Delvin Cook. I think, you know, maybe the owner's panicking. They're seeing some of these mid-round running backs ball out. So kind of offers that I'd be trying to throw out there. I think I'd be trying to capitalize on overperforming running back twos guys like Miles Sanders, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, maybe you could throw a guy like Damian Pierce in there, and then just kind of pair one of those running backs with like a wide receiver three, maybe an Alan Lazard, a Tyler Lockett, maybe a Terry McLaurin, not super high on Terry moving forward. That may be a little much, you know, in some people's leagues if you do have McLaurin as a starter, but kind of like one of those overachieving running back twos, the guys that are probably going to slot in as like a mid to back end running back two, and then just pairing them with a solid, potentially overperforming wide receiver three. I think that's the kind of move you can put together to bring in Dalvin Cook. Another top running back I'm going to be talking about here is Alvin Kamara. And right now, Kamara is running back 44 in points per game. He's only played in two games. And so in those two games, he has put up a total of 14.9 PPR points. Like I said, he's missed the other two games. So through four weeks, he's given you two bad weeks, you know, in your lineups, and then he's had to, you know, be on the bench because he has not been playing. Once again, he was a guy who was drafted as a running back one. 
he was more of like a back-end RB1, RB9, RB10, RB11, RB12, somewhere in that range. But that was due to suspension concerns. If there was no suspension out here, Alvin Kamara would have been drafted right up there in that Delvin Cook spot around Delvin Cook, around Derrick Henry with those guys. I just kind of want to reframe this whole Alvin Kamara situation because I truly think if Kamara played back-to-back games week one, week two, he you know only had that 14.9 points. I think people would be like, you know, oh, that sucks. But no one's going to be overreacting saying, you know, Kamara's not a running back one. He's not a top 10 guy. You know, maybe some people would overreact because people do love to overreact. But just two bad games in a row, like that's not going to kill someone in your lineup. You're not going to, you know, be trying to sell them for low, all this stuff. It's the combination of having two rough performances and then also kind of getting hit with this unfortunate injury that is, I think, really lowered Alvin Kamara's fantasy value and has definitely lessened the confidence that people have in him. For me, like I said, the two-game sample size, he's banged up. I don't have any reason to believe that Alvin Kamara is not a locked and loaded top 10 fantasy running back moving forward. I think the offers I went through with Dalvin Cook basically copy-paste those, also you know, going after Alvin Kamara. I was kind of updating my uh, rest of season rankings, and the running back position as a whole is just like brutal to rank. You know, you've got like Saquon, CMC at the top, maybe you throw Jonathan Taylor in there. And then that next tier, you're looking at like Mixon, Eckler, Swift, Fournette, Kamara, Cook, Henry. You know, it's all just like this big jumbled tier. So, you know, maybe you can move up that tier. You know, maybe someone loves Eckler after his monster performance. Maybe you can, you know, trade Eckler away, get a Kamara and another piece or another positional upgrade. So those are kind of the offers I'd be putting out for Alvin Kamara. Now, moving over to the one wide receiver I'm talking about, it is going to be Deontay Johnson. And full transparency, I was someone who was very in on Deontay Johnson. I believe I had him ranked right behind Michael Pittman. So I think he was my wide receiver 14 coming into the season. And through four weeks, he is the wide receiver 43, averaging 11.7 PPR points per game. Now, I'm just going to throw out, you know, the same thing I talked about with Dalvin Cook. The touchdowns have been unlucky. There was only one player ahead of him in points per game. So there's 42 dudes ahead of him, right? Only one guy who's averaging more points per game has not scored a touchdown like Deontay Johnson, and that is Tyler Lockett. So even though this is a terrible offense, we're not expecting a ton of touchdowns out of Deontay Johnson. Not having scored one time, that's just plain unlucky. I feel like we can all kind of agree on that, especially when a dude is commanding a 29.1% target share. This is not a situation where... Deontay's in like a bad offense and his overall production is lacking. He's not commanding targets. 29.1% target share. That is an elite number. Just for reference, last year, Justin Jefferson was at a 29.9. We saw Jamar Chase at a 26.5. Stephon Diggs at a 25.8. So Deontay Johnson is commanding targets up with like some of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Through four weeks, he's commanded double digit targets in three games. So I do think Deontay Johnson is an elite buy low right now, especially coming after his first really like down game of the season in terms of volume. And then we see Kenny Pickett come in. He's kind of feeding George Pickens. I even saw some people commenting, you know, like Pickens can be a start. They want to trade Deontay. They want to drop Deontay. Please do not be dropping Deontay Johnson. We cannot be reacting or overreacting to one half of Kenny Pickett in the lineup. We've seen multiple years of Deontay Johnson being a stud wide receiver, 
beating out other quality wide receivers like Juju Smith-Schuster, Claypool, his rookie and sophomore season. Claypool's kind of fallen apart, but you know, as a rookie, people really did view him as a talented option. So I will not be throwing that away. I still fully expect Deontay Johnson to be the wide receiver one in this offense. I think he's a solid fantasy wide receiver two moving forward. And I actually think the picket thing is kind of good news here because, you know, Mitch may have been force feeding them the ball, but there was no upside there. He was not going to be a top 10 guy with Mitch at quarterback. If Pickett hits and is a successful NFL quarterback, that's where Deontay Johnson is going to be finding his top 10 potential. So I'm still very, very in on Deontay Johnson. And if I didn't have him on almost all of my teams, he's someone I'd be going out and buying low on. Now the tight end I'm going to be talking about for this video, you guys probably know what's coming here. It is Kyle Pitts, the wide receiver 20 in points per game, averaging 6.2 PPR points per game. So just straight up off the top, he has clearly been a wild disappointment. And like at this point in the season, I talked about guys like Cook, Kamara. I still think they're locked in top 10 players. I still think those dudes could finish as running back five, running back six in points per game. I think it's very, very unlikely that at this point in the season, Kyle Pitts is going to live up to his ADP. A guy who was being drafted just like a round, round and a half after Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, it seems incredibly unlikely that he is going to, you know, live up to that draft price. However, at this point, he's someone I'm just going to be holding on to in my lineup because you probably drafted him third, fourth round, and you were expecting elite tight end production. You probably passed up on some decent running backs, a Brees Hall, maybe you passed up on a Jalen Waddle, you know, another strong wide receiver, a Marquise Brown, someone like that. So you have that hole in your lineup. To me, it's not worth it to go out and sell Kyle Pitts low because if he doesn't hit, you're just taking a fat L in your lineup. And there are still some green flags here with Kyle Pitts, you know, some glimmers of hope out there. He is still commanding targets at a very high level. He's fourth amongst tight ends in target share, fourth in target rate. He's second in air yards. This is all the tight end position. Second in air yards, second in air yard share, also second in deep targets. He's first in dot and unrealized air yards, kind of pointing to the uh, poor quarterback play. And so that all sounds great, right? Those numbers are super solid. And then you look at the actual production, zero touchdowns. He's 20th in receptions and then 12th in receiving yards. And a lot of that just comes down to the poor passing attack of the Falcons. The utilization hasn't been great. Like his route participation is 74.5%, which for, you know, your average Joe Schmo fantasy tight end, that's not terrible. But number 11 in the NFL for Kyle Pitts, when we know how talented he is, that is not going to get it done. His catchable target rate is only 59.1%. So a ton, a ton of red flags here. Think moving forward, he can definitely not be considered like a top five guy, but I do think if it clicks, it's going to click and Kyle Pitts is going to have some monster performances. So it's just a situation where I'm waiting it out. I'm not going to go out and sell him for a guy like, I don't know, who's like a back end tight end one, like a Tyler Conklin. Because I just think like if he hits, your team is just going to be taken to another level than just kind of panicking, basically wasting like a third or fourth round pick for a tight end who's going to give you like back end tight end one production. And now on to the fifth and final player here. It is going to be Tom Brady. And Brady was someone who was drafted as a consistent top 10 quarterback. And through four weeks, he's averaging 15 points per game as the QB 17 here. And I have zero concerns with Tom Brady. 
you know, I could throw out some minor concerns for guys like Pitts. Well, Pitts has some major concerns, but like Deontay Johnson, there are minor concerns. Kamara, Cook, you would have liked to see production. You can completely rationalize, you know, Tom Brady struggles through four weeks. Brady's not a guy like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. He's not going to be producing on the ground. He gets basically 100% of his fantasy production minus a few QB sneaks through the air. So when you're looking at this offense and you see Evans gets ejected from a game, then gets suspended, Chris Godwin gets injured in week one, misses two weeks, Julio Jones misses two weeks, Russell Gage is playing banged up the entire season, Donovan Smith misses time as a very strong offensive tackle, it makes sense why he's going to struggle and not put up big numbers. You drafted him to be the quarterback for an offense with a lot of solid weapons. Then we see in the first game with Evans and Godwin back, 385 yards, three touchdowns. I'm expecting top 10, top eight production rest of season. I actually think I'm probably feeling better about Brady rest of season than where he was drafted. Like he was pretty firmly in that tier with like Burrow, Dak, Russ, Stafford was probably a little behind that. We've seen a lot of those dudes struggle. The guys kind of picked his back end QB1s. Stafford's been horrendous. Russell Wilson, I just got done watching that Thursday night game. Just atrocious. Dak obviously got hurt. Carr, Rodgers, Cousins, like these guys haven't been lighting up the stat sheet. So I think you firmly have those, you know, uh, mobile quarterbacks. You've got Lamar, you've got Josh Allen, you have Hurts. Then you've got like Mahomes. I feel like I'm missing someone. Kyler could still be missing someone. But then I feel like Brady could totally slot in right there. It's probably between like Brady and Burrow at that next spot, assuming I'm not, you know, just blanking on a solid quarterback. But for Brady, I have zero concerns. If you're able to just straight up flip Tom Brady for an overachieving like a Jared Goff, I don't think anyone's going to trade like Geno Smith for Brady. But you know, those types of players like the surprising quarterbacks who have put up decent production through four weeks, I'm expecting top 10, top eight, top six production out of Brady rest of season. So those are five big name players who were probably considered busts at this point based on their production. Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Deontay Johnson, Kyle Pitts, Tom Brady. I feel like the general message of this video is don't be panicking on these guys, maybe except for Kyle Pitts, but he's still someone I'd be holding. The rest of them, they don't really have any glaring concerns in terms of their usage and just straight up may have been unlucky through four weeks of the season. But that is going to wrap it up for this one. If you guys enjoyed the video, hit that like, subscribe to the channel. As always, thank you guys for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.